friends. Welcome back to another episode of For All Hair Types. Today, Marcy and I are going to be joined by our very good friend and producer, Taylor. And we're going to be talking about beauty standards. And we're going to break from just hair this time. We're going to we're going to really branch out and 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 see a little bit more of, of the world and just how beauty standards have affected each and every one of us on some really positive levels and some, you know, questionable levels. So I'm pretty excited about this conversation because I feel like all three of us have very different um, backgrounds, but our perspectives are super, super similar in a lot of ways. So I'm excited to uh, jump right in. So Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Super happy to have you. I love producer. That makes me feel so fancy. Oh, boo, you fancy. (laughs) Right, Mercy, mm-hmm. she's fancy. She's fancy. Mm-hmm. A little bit. What's Hello. going on? Well, okay, so beauty standards, right? Like, <clears throat> I think that in our last episode, we kind of talked about how beauty standards inform, you know, um, just like the professional choices that we make. Um, a lot of times, they really help us to see how we see ourselves And um, over the course of the last few weeks, I saw this, you guys, I just have to share this with you. I saw this TikTok and being that I am from Minnesota and I am mixed race, like I grew up a lot around a lot of white people, excuse me. And um, so this TikTok that I saw, it just said, how old were you when you realized that you weren't ugly, you were just raised around a lot of white people. And I was like, oh, gutted y'all I was like gutted I was like that is so real because as we've talked about in previous podcasts like I wanted long blonde hair I wanted that hair that would swing I didn't understand like for me when I was a kid we would go to these like birthday parties where they would, they were like workout birthday parties. You guys, it was the eighties. Please forgive. What? Yeah. There was this place called, you guys know shit. There's this place in St. Paul called the sweatshop. First of all, <laughs> a workout and it was birthday like, party. That sounds like me like, as a child. That would be my nightmare. <laughs> Taylor. It was a total nightmare. Oh you guys, so like legit, you legit. You went and had an aerobics class. Like warmers like how, and leotards? Question mark. Yes, like warmers and leotards. <laughs> how old? Like exclamation a, like a point. A kid or a teenager? I was in sixth grade, so I had oh, no it's already too. No, but I didn't have a mom who understood bras in a big way because she was like not <sighs> blessed in that regard. She has many gifts, but like that was not her blessing. And sorry, mom. Um, but like, so I didn't have like proper attire so i'm just out here with my leg warmers and my you know my my leotard and i'm like doing jumping jacks and like my whole body's flopping around and i'm like with all these like little athletic bodied girls who were all white Mm -hmm. and so like my straight hair kinked up Mm -hmm. because i sweated it out And yeah, it was like, it was awful. It was awful. Like that, that was just like one of those things where I was like, (gasps) and I had worked to press my hair so I could wear it in a ponytail up on top of my head, just like the rest of my girlfriends did. And like, yeah. So like beauty standards be showing up super early in your life. So true. I'm thinking of my grandmother had a lot of VHS tapes for workout videos mm-hmm. and Raquel Welch. I remember taking her Raquel Welch, you know, the stepper, like the, you know, the block <laughs> steppers and all that. And the glam, you think these workout videos, are people actually working out though? Cause there's so much makeup and no one's sweating, but leg warmers, leotards, the color palettes, everything oh, is yeah. you know, fab- fabulous. Eighties and nineties. I love that. You know, oh. this visual is so bizarre. Absolutely. And like, what is that? Like, how, like, who, who gets like makeup to go to the gym? I mean, first of all, I'll be straight up. You guys don't go to the gym. I don't fuck with the gym. That's like not my life. But, <laughs> um, but like, I still do yoga. Like, I still do my thing. Like, I got my ways. Um, but yeah, I just, um, who's putting on makeup to go to the gym these days? 
What is that all about? I grew up in Miami. Lots of people go to the gym with makeup on full face because that's where a lot of women want to pick up, Mm. you know? men so it's more of a but how do, how you know. does it like stay on <laughs> like how does your hair stay nice or i don't understand it yeah i had a sure. client once tell me about so so many of my clients you know like they sit down and they just be sharing right like they just be sharing all the things one client sat down in her in our chair and was like talking about her mother and how intense her mom's makeup routine was. Now, this is like a 70 plus year old woman at this point. She's now like in her late 80s. Um, But like the makeup is real, first of all. Mm -hmm. Like it was very deep, very, very cakey, very serious, like bold colors, bold placement, the whole nine. But then she would set her makeup, y'all, with Aquanet hairspray. Yeah. What? <laughs> Taylor, you're too. I bet it stays calm. so well, though. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, Taylor, you're too calm for this. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, shocked, that, but not surprised. <laughs> like, that sounds right. It's like a face shield. You're ready for any environment, yeah. any any of the elements. That... Oh man, totally. rain. You're good. Like my eczema is screaming at the oh. thought of that. <laughs> God, right? like I can just feel my pores like being yep. mad at me, just so mad. And like you, you probably don't get wrinkles because your face won't be able to move. Mm-mm. It's like <laughs> it's like permanently stuck because we yeah. all know Aquanet's like fierce, like it's wow. so fierce. But so okay, so let's let's dive deeper into that. Let's like dive deeper into this. So when does beauty like become like? a mask you put on or an enhancement of like what you are like where, what, what, what makes that difference for you guys? Cause like, I definitely like, I have some fashion designer friends who talk about like the clothes that they wear or like the armor that they put on people and put on themselves in order to like be able to show up as their best selves in the world. And I, and I'm, I'm for that. I think that's amazing. Um, I love when people use makeup as art and like do some beautiful, beautiful faces. Like Marcy, you sent me those like date night selfies. And I was like, this bitch, like she (laughs) knows what's up. And, you know, I think that that, I think that there, there is a way for us to like enhance our beauty using all these different things. But like, when is it enhancement? And when is it like, trying to be somebody else in order to like mm-hmm. be a part of this current beauty trend or beauty standard. What comes to mind for me is how do you feel in that moment? Because it's personal, mm-hmm. right? Like what your beauty and exercise of that is different from person to person. And like you said, mahogany, whether it's bold, bright colors, more avant-garde, more understated i think that's where beauty and beauty standards and your own personal wellness and where you're at and your you know self-love um and i think that's what's so interesting about it that that can mean really different things for people and i think it comes across with someone's energy right like i think Mm -hmm. you know if you're confident and and feel good about what you have on then it comes across and i think it's asking yourself like why what or what about this look makes me feel good or what about it may make me feel like it's a burden i've heard a lot of women say that i feel like even mm. last year or when the pandemic really hit i remember reading this interesting article about nails and like i love nails that's my appointment that i never you know break i, love, I feel really good about it it's not a burden but there was this whole article about women feeling so relieved when the pandemic hit that they didn't have to feel like they had to go get their you know full set of acrylics or you know, whatever it was. Um, and I was like, interesting. So I think a lot of the beauty practices are different from person to person. Like you may, someone may feel like getting their nails in is a burden because they have to feel like, Oh, I have to do this to feel feminine or whatever it is. But for some people it's not like, I've never felt that way about nails. Like it's just something I really like as far as hygiene and just like, I love the color and artistic side of it, but it was really interesting to hear that whole word burden. I feel like for some people, 
it's like, oh, I have to do this, or I'm not going to be accepted, or I'm not going to, you know, people aren't going to think I'm pretty or whatever it is. And I think it's all about how you feel inside, but no one really know mm-hmm. that. I think, well, maybe some people can be, you know, really forthcoming with that. Like, but on the most part, when we all walk outside, you know, you don't really know what someone's carrying and, you know, that full face of glam, like you said, it could be armor. It could be, I just love myself today. And this is how I wanted to express myself, but yeah. And it could be different every day too. I feel like just in one week, you could feel all of those things <laughs> in the same, right? Right. Yeah. In the same outfit, wearing the same makeup with your hair done the exact same way. It might shift from like Monday to Wednesday. Totally. Yep. totally. Yep. That's awesome. Like maybe the proximity to like what that beautiful standard is, what that beauty standard is, like how closely you just like naturally resemble what this like fictitious like idea of beauty is. Like we were laughing earlier before we started recording about like how Disney gave us really unrealistic hair oh, expectations, yeah. but like yeah. that shit's so real. Like, why do I have braids down to the, my waist? Because that's what I should have, duh. Because I'm, <laughs> you know, black girl magic, all that shit, right? But like, I think that proximity to whatever the be- the current beauty standard is is why we have people like, you know doing things to their body in order to look a certain way that maybe isn't real and comfortable and natural to them. It's just like a, it's something they do to get by. Yeah. My, um, so I, I grew up in a hair salon. My mom, my mom and my dad opened a salon together before I was born. So I was like a little toddler sweeping the hair off the floor for quarters, you know? And I was never really like super girly as a child. I wasn't like, I didn't want to wear dresses. I didn't want to have anything pink, you know, like I, I rejected it. I hated it. Um, and it's funny cause now like everything in my home is pink, but <laughs> I was <laughs> same, like, Oh, same. I'm allowed to like that. And it's, you know, um, but it's, it's like funny. Cause I, I feel like I grew up watching the women that came to the salon religiously like if anyone saw that their hair was actually gray, they were going to, you know, burst into flames or turn into a witch. Like that was like the intensity that a lot of the women came in with. And I totally get what you're saying about like the nails. Like some people might've been relieved, like, Oh, I don't have to do this. And I would hear, you know, women talking about, you know, they maybe want this other hair color, but their husband likes them blonde or their husband likes their hair this color. And even as a child, I was like, that sucks. Right? <laughs> like, you can what? see it so like, clearly, right? As a kid, like, what, you do these yeah, things for other like, people? How silly is that? Yeah. Like he can dye his hair blonde. So like, why do you, <laughs> like, I just didn't get it. And um, I don't know. And and so I, I was never super interested in my own hair or makeup. And I think the first experience I had in like eighth grade, I was in a play and everyone had to have like stage makeup on. You know, I wasn't even like, I was like a side character, but Wait, you had, what like, play was it? Guys and Dolls. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, this could be a whole, <laughs> that could be a whole <laughs> other side thing. Um, but yeah, it was literally just like eyeliner and black eyeshadow. And I had never worn makeup or like, I don't think I was allowed to, but I didn't really want to. But something about like having it on and seeing, I was like, I was that bitch. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> yes. oh my God, I this is who I am now. I wear makeup <laughs> I now. Like this, I, my personality changed like that day. And it's it's just so funny how like just altering your appearance can put you in a different kind of like state of mind and Mm -hmm. I don't know and it was cool to realize like oh I don't have to like try to look like someone else I don't have to try to you know so I didn't think I was going to but yeah it's just I don't know I think it's so interesting how like there can be like different hairstyles or different makeup that just make you feel a different way and that's that's what I like about being in the hair industry is like helping to give people that power not trying to make you look like someone else or make you look like what you think other people want you to look like. Totally. I, I think that that, you know, I think that there's, you're so right when you say that we have this power to like help people enhance their look and enhance what they want to, to project to the rest of the world. Right. And when it comes from like a, a, a place of, 
of like self-love, like that can be a really beautiful thing. And like you were saying, Marcy, it just shows that confidence. It shows that like authenticity, it shows that beauty. But then when it comes from a place of like, like clearly somebody hasn't done their shadow work, like has not like looked (laughs) inside to like figure that out yet. Like it can come off as like, oh, I have to follow this beauty standard because I don't know how to feel beautiful with myself. Like, I don't know how to pick and choose a standard. My grandma, my Nana Irene was the shit, first of all. Like, she was so great. She's a small town woman. She has a seventh grade education, born in 1919, moved to Chicago, started working in restaurants, became a damn chef, like came back up to Northern Minnesota when she and my grandfather got married, who was also a chef. And they opened a restaurant in Northern Minnesota and people would come from like counties around to like come to this, like to Clark's cafe. Um, But like, she was a badass because she wore pants before everybody else. She like, Mm -hmm. she just like did the damn thing and like never, ever, ever didn't, she was never, ever not dressed. Like even in the kitchen, she'd be having her, like her eyebrows were on, her hair color was done. Her mascara was like slick and she had lipstick on and she always was cute. Always cute. Great hats, great outfits. And it was so interesting because my mom is like that too. Like my mom be looking good. Like my mom can put together patterns that are so incredible that I just am like, what? And I don't have that gift. Like, I don't have that gift at all. That's why I'm really grateful to be a hairdresser. We just wear all black. (laughs) But like, it is this, yes, they took, you know, they were very much in the times, you know, like when my, when we were in the eighties, my mom looked like she was in the eighties. Like, Mine too. <laughs> purple, Same. like faded all the way up to her eyebrows, you know, mascara to, or excuse me, eyeshadows, like purple faded all the way, like ombre up to her eyebrows and like, you know, big curly shag and the whole nine. So like they followed these beauty trends, but they always did something to make it theirs. Like it was not like, it wasn't exactly what I was seeing in a magazine. It wasn't exactly what I was seeing and 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 neither my mom nor my grandma had like the quote unquote ideal body type for a woman at that time and maybe that's why it was just so like so fucking cool so like effortless and awesome was because those women were beautiful considered themselves to be beautiful followed a trend but like tweaked it to make it their own and i think that that part is is something that I'm super grateful that I was raised around as a, as a young person for sure. But I think that like, maybe that's where I feel like some of these trends, when I scroll through Instagram or look through, you know, like watch TikTok and Facebook and like all these like places where people are showing up with their, their version of their, their best selves. You can see that authenticity is like, they're not, they're just taking the trend for what it is and not like making it about, who they are. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's a good parallel with fashion. Like you're saying, it's like, are you wearing it or is it wearing you? Right. Like something that's like too, it's like, and it comes across or I think of, you know, like there's a lot of, uh, I feel like there's been some discussion around like how many beauty companies or fashion companies are all like exploiting insecurity, you know, right. Like if you, if it's like wearing you or this unrealistic, like, you know, let's say it's like a teeny tiny bikini, whatever it, it could be anything. It could be a dress where it's like, you, you know, you see that you, oh, we all have friends or we've all been that person where you're fidgeting or moving things or like always looking and retouching it. And, and you know, that it goes back to like, are you comfortable or is it, are you really trying to prove something? And I feel like that's always so like, Oh, hurts the heart yeah. because you, you know, it's just not, you're not comfortable. And I think your beauty should be comfortable or like a pair of high mm-hmm. heels. Like, do you want to annihilate your feet <laughs> or no, <laughs> we're past that. But as women, I think like the whole like binding and like, you know, you think about fashion and beauty, it's the same thing. Like how far are we willing to go? And I feel like there's such a menu right now, you know, between cosmetic things and surgery and, you know, all sorts of, even, even just makeup, right. Like contouring or, wigs like there's just so much transformation that can happen that it's I don't know about you guys but sometimes it's a little overwhelming as a woman right there's just so many lanes that you can play in and it's fun but it can be overwhelming because there's just a lot out there and you still want to be able to feel comfortable in it no matter what 
totally you know, something that's at least important to me, at least at this age, not in my closer to 40, <laughs> maybe in my 20s, I'm, I was more willing to make more sacrifices for comfort, but not anymore. Oh, hell no. It's called longevity now, honey. I'm mm-hmm. trying to grow old. Long game. Yep. Right? Like it's totally, it's the long game. But my Nana Irene told me one of the best things that I have ever heard in my life. And she was just like, baby, baby. And I'm like, yes, Nana. And she was like, you will wear whatever you want. Just make sure it feels comfortable so you don't Mm -hmm. fidget because then you can walk around confidently and it will automatically like make you look good. Like no matter what you're wearing. And I was like, okay, but as I have gotten older, especially like when I've been in the dressing room, the dreaded dressing room, like I, I will like, if it's comfortable, then I will like kind of see about it. Right. And, and if it's not comfortable, I immediately take it off. Like immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also side note, I'm going to shout out this uh, little boutique in Minneapolis really quick because it's got one of the most like beautiful, like kind of thought processes around. It's called Cake Plus. And um, the owner, Kat, is just this like super body positive, gorgeous, hilarious personality in general and just like a giver too. But it's a plus size resale boutique. And it's got all the teens. But what I love the most about it is like the little framed like things that are in the dressing room. We do not body shame here. We do not hair shame here. We have people of multiple, you know, ethnicities. We have people of multiple genders. Like these are the things that we don't hear. We don't talk about diets. We don't talk about being fat. I mean, and there's all these like like really sweet, like funny ways. And like, it's all Mm -hmm. like cats and flowers and, you know, like it's really, (laughs) it's like a really sweet, wonderful um, message, but it's also like a really great reminder that like you can be in fashion, you can uphold a beauty standard, but like, remember that like we're people we make these standards. The standards don't make us like Like you're allowed to just exist. (laughs) Yes. Without having wow, to change what a it. concept. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. She needs to open a branch on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. there. Not to mention, and like follow her on Instagram because she's just funny and interesting and like has such great perspective. But the other part that I love about, about Cat and Cake Plus is like any femme presenting person or any you know, like I say femme presenting, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, that they consider themselves a woman. They might be non-binary. They might be all the things. Right. So, um, what I love is like, there is no bullshit. Like if you come in with like a mustache and a beard and a bald head and you want to buy a dress, boom, you're, you're buying this dress. It doesn't matter. It's never, you're never going to get that question. Like, is this for your wife? Like, it's always just like this really great, like inclusive space. I have been in there with my children. I have been in there with my mother. I have been in there with friends. I have been in there on my own. And I always get the same, like, sort of like happiness. Like, it's almost like self care to go in there and just like feel good. And there's like opportunities for you to get like clothes pulled for you. And, you know, I think anyone who's like below a size 10, maybe 12 even, is like, okay, rough. But like, Mm -hmm. if you are above a size 12, like that is not an experience that you are accustomed to. Like, yes, there's Torrids out there. Yes, there's Lane Bryant's out there. (sighs) Yikes, though. Some of that stuff just doesn't sit right with me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle or, or and belong to neither. Like, and when you have like these experiences, whether it's going into a salon you know, to get your hair done, to feel your best, or you're going to go shopping. Like some of us big girls, we don't like going shopping. It's not fun. Like I'm here to shop online because it's not a good time, but to go to a place like cake plus where it's not just about your body type. It really truly is just like about the person that you are. And it's not to say that that cat has like size five or size eight or size 10. No, no, no. 12 and up boo 12 and up. Like this one's just for the big girls and I'm for it. Like I'm so for it because it's such a, it's such a wonderful, it's just like a wonderful place to go into when you've grown up for most of your life, not having access to those types of things or having just like the small amount of choices 
you know, the internet really blew that open for us, but like, even to just have like one place in Minneapolis where I can go and feel like, A, I got my resale on because like, let's be conscious about fashion, but mm-hmm. also like clothes that fit my body so that I'm not mm-hmm. pulling so that I can be confident. Like, you know, Nana Irene tells me to be, I think that's so that's, beautiful. It's like so true. And I feel, I feel like I've wasted so much of my like tea, not they're all gone, but my teenage years and my yes. early twenties, like wearing clothes that did not fit me just like, just because, you know, and it's just like so silly to think about that. Cause number one, it's so hard to find like larger clothes anyways that aren't like really dumb and like, like only polka dots or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like impossible. And like, I don't know. So I, I was always like larger as a child and a teenager and it's almost like I was like, just wanted to buy smaller clothes. So like no one would find out. (laughs) And that's so silly. It's like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm living in this body. Like I was so scared. Like people were going to find out I'm fat. And like, (laughs) how ridiculous is it to be like buying smaller clothes? And then you're so uncomfortable. And then you know, it's like this endless cycle. And I feel like in my mid twenties, I was just like, why don't I just look at the measurements on the website for the clothes and then measure myself and then order that size. And that was like revolutionary for me. Crazy. It's and yeah. And it's like, it varies wildly from store to store. So why, why not oh do that God. anyways? Yeah. Why isn't there universal sizing for women like men have that in all the men's lines but I don't know to me that also tells me like okay like there is there not enough women behind these brands and probably the answer the old school brands is no and why don't even get me started on like bra sizes that could be a whole podcast (laughs) whole topic there seriously or um I don't know if you've seen recently old navy has this whole thing happening right now where they have made all of their women's clothes like in all sizes, in all stores in the same section. So it's not like separated, like, Oh, you have to shop here. And then this, the thin girls can shop here. It's all in one section and everything's the same price. And like, I don't know if people even knew that, you know, size 12 and up usually costs a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like Pinterest separating things by hair type. It's like, yeah, good job. (laughs) But why was it like that in the first place? You know? Yeah. They're like, now you can shop with your friends. And it's like, so you knew we, you know, people couldn't shop together before. (laughs) Yeah. You're reminding me of, I think it came out years ago, Shea Moisture, that mass hair care brand. They had Mm -hmm. an interesting commercial Similarly, like where you're talking about Taylor, where in the mass beauty hair care aisle, it's like the ethnic section, right? And like, why, why, (laughs) you know, there's this dramatic visual where like the whole section comes down and it's just the hair section. What a concept. And why does it take so many years to, you know, dismantle that? That's just doesn't make sense to begin with. I feel like in, in my, in the Target, in my town, I don't even know if it's in the same aisle as like hair care yeah it's still it's still that way where there's like quote-unquote ethnic hair type section um is it is it in a locked cabinet like they have it around Mm. here Mm. Mm -hmm. no but that is i've heard Mm -hmm. that yeah yes 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 i can't remember which i think it was like walmart maybe was like we're gonna stop doing that i was like hey Thanks, Walmart. Not that I was ever shopping at Walmart anyway, that. because like that's not my place. And like I'll go on record and don't care about it. Um, I'm a Walmart hater right here. Don't care. Yeah, don't care. Same. Mm-hmm. I've okay. seen that they've done that with like foundation <laughs> and concealer too. And it's mm-hmm. just so obvious. Yes. <laughs> just awful. So now, like, not only are you like singling out the idea of like what hair care, this is ethnic hair care. But now you're also going to lock it down. So you're just going to make it super awkward for everybody. You have to make someone go ask someone, can you get me this? Which they're not going to do. Yeah. And then they're not going to sell any. And then they're going to be like, see, nobody buys it anyways. And they've been stealing it this whole time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> super racist. Uh, oh my God. So racist. Holy shit. Oh so gosh. racist. 
Like, I seriously sometimes wish that like, that there were like some ways that we could just like sit down with some of these people and just be like, racist. Nope. Yep. Racist. Nope. Sexist. Homophobic. Just get some get some stickers made and walk around the store. Yeah, right. Let's do do a game show. You remember what was it? Jay Leno used to do jaywalking, right? One of those who'd ask people (laughs) random questions. We could so do that. Go out and go out in nature and do some like or like uh, Billy on the street. Yes, yes. Just be like, hey, let's have a conversation about this because there. I mean, and I think that like that's the thing. It's like. When you think about like a beauty standard, for example, we'll just go with like, you know, we'll just go with like women, right? Like they're all supposed to, we're, we're all supposed to be what, like 5'10 and like 120 pounds, which is like, ooh, that is, I mean, if that's your natural body, like cool, boo, like great, good for you. I hope you healthy. I want you to eat, you know, all those good things. Um, but like, why is one shape, size, what have you, the goal for everybody? Like at one point I was, you know, in the salons, we have a lot of, we had a lot of magazines, like pre-COVID there were like a lot of magazines and people would like go through oh the my cosmos and the mm-hmm. whatnot and the hoo-ha. I mean, we could have, again, a whole other episode just about we should get some old magazines. Yes. And, yes, we totally should. Oh my God, we totally do a should. reading. <laughs> yeah. It sounds amazing. And what we would find at a certain point in the 2000s, like the early 2000s, is Madonna and Kim Kardashian looked the freaking same. Yeah. Like their yes, cheekbones, their eyes, like their mouths, like everything. And it's because, and look, I'm not here to hate on plastic surgery. I like you do you, you want facials and fillers and all your Botox. Like I am not mad at that. Um, I will never tell somebody that they can't do that. But when, when the people who are performing the surgeries are like telling you, like, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to Mm -hmm. lift this here, tuck this there. They're really trying to like mold you into a perfect beauty standard i think last week we were talking into about, a like, product really yes yeah. exactly so then you have all these people who look exactly the freaking same and you're mm-hmm. like but i'm supposed to like love me for me right so you mm-hmm. have this like mm-hmm. narrative being told like you're a unique human being and you should love yourself for who you yeah. are but you should also look exactly like kim kardashian and there's like I mean, part of it's just capitalism too, where yes. like, I'm all about, if you want lip fillers, if you want Botox, what, like, cool, do you, that's though? your choice. You do that. But if you get lip fillers and say, no, I didn't get lip fillers. I used this lip liner and it happens to be the lip liner I sell. Like, then that's a problem, you know? Cause then people yeah, like <laughs> teenagers, girls, they just, they believe it, you know, they, they believe, believe it. it. Yep. Yep. I, and, yeah. I love to read random like beauty reports and insights and I forget what newsletter I get or they just give you like more like the medical spa, like, you know, aesthetic side of the business that I've never worked in, but I'm always fascinated by all these, especially when I moved from Miami, which also has a lot of plastic surgery, LA, it's a little different, but the same. And there was this whole thing about plastic surgeon offices, their biggest growing demographic was like under 14 or under 16 and and they literally attributed it to Mm. highly you know people coming in and saying like i want this and like to your point taylor it's like you know the younger you know those formative years where you don't really know you think everything you're being fed is like real and true and like yeah yeah, hair down to here tiny waist humongous you know but you know skinny you know nose profile high cheekbones you think that oh i need to i I wasn't born this way i need to buy this where like you said like people just aren't being honest with that and that's fine it's your per like you know keep your you want to keep your things private about what you do to yourself that's fine but i think that um responsibility comes along with it when you're a person of some sort of um fame or whatever high profile like you know i think that like 
the psychology of that is super scary, right? Because what are we, what message are we sending? You know, it's like unrealistic, you know? And And like the the financial part, like going into debt, it's like, or uh, for my 15th birthday, right? Like, what are the wishes? It's not a car. It's not, it's like, no, I want lips, boobs, butt, whatever. Oh my God. Nose jobs. So many, so much of my family, like so much of my family during their bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs were like offered like, or it was suggested by someone in the family that perhaps they get a nose job. And I was like, hell no. Now all of my nieces and nephews definitely got straighteners from auntie mahogany, but they also got like, you know, (laughs) got like the hot off the press to go with it to make sure that their hair stayed, you know, intact. And then there was like a lesson that went (laughs) along with it because like you said, like it's, it's totally cool. If you want to play, whether it's hair, fashion, skin, you know, mod, you know, body modification, but like, like be thoughtful about it and be aware that mm-hmm. like, this is like a choice you're making as a young person. And let's be fair. Like if I was still making the choices that I made when I was 14. Yeah. So like scary. how can you learn to love yourself when you haven't even grown into a fully formed like person yet, you know, everything's still changing and I don't know. It sucks because I feel like when you're a teenager, like being a teenager sucks and sure being a teenage girl yeah. is just a, a nightmare. And I don't know. I think, I think at least I felt as a teenager, like you have this innocence where you don't know anything's wrong with you until someone points it out, you know, or society points it out or a magazine points it out. Right. Yeah. Like you're saying about like getting a nose job, like, would you even know until somebody offered or somebody mm-hmm. said something, you know, like when I was a teenager, I didn't know that I wasn't quote unquote, a normal or desirable size right. until somebody told me like, you know, we have to start watching what we eat or we have to start blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, what? What oh, do you mean? Uh, I don't know what that totally, means. Cause you're just a kid. Still. You're just a kid. Like, and you don't, <sighs> you, you know, it's yeah. I don't know. It's such a tough time to be a little kid. And like well, that, that was a big part of my, like, I don't know. I think that's why I grew to love hair and want to be in the hair industry because hair kind of is like something you can control about your appearance. Like it didn't matter if what I ate or didn't eat, but I could still like have a cool haircut. Yeah, you know, like I couldn't find any cool clothes that fit me or shop at like Abercrombie and Fitch, but I could have like, you know, a cool hair color. My mom would let me color my hair as a teenager. Totally. So it's like a way of self-expression that is definitely more accessible for people. Oh, Taylor, you hit it. That's yes. so real. Yeah. That's so real. And it's interesting to me because with hair, like your body still finds a way into it in some way, shape and form, especially considering like how we have, and I'm just going to talk about my industry for a minute. And I mean, all the like respect, but also the disrespect that belongs Mm -hmm. with it. When there's a society of people, i.e. the hair industry that is run by straight men and they're deciding what our beauty standard is. Straight, straight white men. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Straight white men. Like Straight cis hetero white man. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I am not beautiful to this guy. So, like, I'm no longer beautiful. Like, no, 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 no. That is just not a thing. Like, that blows my mind. But, like, I was very, very, like, I, I, like, like you, Taylor, I've never been a small, skinny person. Like, that's never been my life. But what I have been has been proportionate for the most part if I have big hair. But it is super mm. interesting, like when my hair is pulled back, when my ha- when I wore my hair short, that's when people started noticing my weight and people would start talking about like, oh, yeah, interesting. Or And then I would put like locks in or I would have like an Afro and people would be like, have you lost weight? Mahogany, you look amazing. And I would yeah. be like, that's those two things. Bill. People tie them together too. Right, right. Yeah. And we have talked about like what that looks like. And first of all, like, first of all, Mind your damn business about people's <laughs> weight. Okay. Mind your like, I thought I looked amazing before too. You did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like you look good. However, and you people, fucking feel like, good. I don't know. I feel like people are just so trained for that to be a compliment. 
And like, you don't know what someone's going through. You don't know what's happening. You don't know if they're like the lowest they've ever been or, you know, haven't eaten in weeks because they're just like depressed. Yes. And then you don't know what you're validating by saying that. Right. Yeah. This is working. Me not eating is totally working. (laughs) So many people that have like have shared with me, like at the height of their eating disorder, people being like, you look great. Like that just, that just settled it for them. They were like, okay, good. I'm doing the right thing. Okay. So you never know. Exactly. So, okay. So what are some bullshit beauty standards? (laughs) I'll go first. (laughs) Frizz. I have a lot of feelings about frizz, you guys, like a lot of feelings about frizz. Um, in the adjectives uh, to describe frizz. Yes. I mean, first of all, untamed frizz is unnecessary. So we're going to start there. Um, but the idea that frizz is this like bad thing, right? Like that frizzy hair is not supposed to like be, and like, um, you know, (laughs) edges, right? So edges, are those like tiny baby hairs on the side. I never lay my edges. That's not part of the beauty trends that I grew up with. And I am not here to hate on anyone who lays their edges at all, but it is not something that I subscribe to. That doesn't make me nappy. That doesn't make me unkept. That just means that like, I don't subscribe to, to that, that look for me. Right. So The hatred against frizz, which actually helps me to gain volume when I'm wearing my hair out in an Afro, the hatred against frizz and like the lack of frizz always being the goal Mm -hmm. is bullshit to me. Like, I think that that's totally a bullshit beauty standard. Mm -hmm. That's my bullshit beauty standard. So what what do y'all think? Where's where's one of y'all's? I think, well, something you made me think of earlier is like, Growing up as a kid, being around the beauty industry, and now as an adult that works in the beauty industry, I feel like people are still really holding on to like the old timey notions of like, well, with your coloring and your uh, face shape, you need this kind of haircut and this kind of color. And like, I, I think it's a little bullshit. Like, like you're, you're a summer, you're an autumn and there's whole, like people really live and die by that. And it's like, there's all different kinds of red hair color. There's all different kinds of blondes. I think you mentioned that before. Like you can have whatever kind of haircut you want. It's Mm -hmm. like feminine or masculine haircut. It doesn't exist. Like it's just hair. Like just wear what you like. Cause that's what matters. Like how you feel about how you look. Cause that's going to try, that's going to totally affect your confidence. Uh, Truer words, (laughs) never spoken. If you want blue hair, but like, maybe it it does not, you know, maybe look good with your skin. Who cares? You want blue hair, have blue hair. It's just hair. hair, Right. Yeah. And maybe teal hair would look better on you. Right. Maybe cornflower blue hair. Or navy. Or baby blue. Like there's like a zillion other There's something. Right. And I think, I mean, this is a hot take, but sometimes I think hairdressers might say no to things like that. Not everybody, but I've seen firsthand people saying no to things like that because maybe it's not their strength or their skill set or background. So they will say, no, I don't know if that would look good on you. I've, I've seen that happen firsthand a lot. I co-sign that. I co-sign <laughs> that wholeheartedly. Like if it is not within your skill set, then just be straight up about that. Whether it's texture or yeah. color or cutting, like just be straight up about it, but also be kind and thoughtful and remember that it's your lack of skill set, i.e. hairdressers, yes. not the fault of the person sitting in your chair. That right. we'll talk like about. you can't just turn Ooh. it around on the guest because that's a whole, you know. Yeah. I'm with you. I call bullshit on that as well. I co-sign yeah. that wholehearted. What about you, Marcy? Ooh, I'm going to go with all beauty should be about the bullshit is that all beauty should be about being sexy and being like an mm. object and being attractive to, like you said, mostly straight white males who are running the beauty industry. And it's all about being an object. And it's like you said, creating this like here, you're a little doll kind of mentality. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, here for everyone's admiration, commentary. And I think that's a, a you know personal pet peeve where as women, you know, if the only thing that a man can, you know, have a conversation about you is about your appearance, 
then that's a problem. So that yeah. just kind of reinforces it's just, I'm here to be a viewing pleasure. My beauty is a viewing pleasure for some other person, which Oof. is total bullshit. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some good ones. Those are some really yeah. good ones. And I think that like you really hit the nail on the head, like the idea of it needing to be like a sexual thing. Like, why is beauty having to be anything sort of sexual? I think this is maybe why we have like women in their late 50s and early 60s, like doing things to their bodies that they would not normally want to do. Um mm-hmm because in an effort to like slow the aging process and yes of course like you know the beauty industry like makes so much money off of that whether it's like gray hair or serums or you know whatever like it it, it is it is unfair to say that like the 60 year old woman with wrinkles and gray hair is not as beautiful as mm-hmm. this like you know 30 year old woman with blonde hair i, I mean they when both you, need a purple shampoo. They sure so. have <laughs> the <laughs> You can still make the same dollar. <laughs> I think That's I think so it's real. a <laughs> it's like a missed opportunity, you know, to like just I don't know. I especially think about gray hair. Like people are just you know taught that they have to cover it up. Like you can't let that show. You get your retouch. And if you want that and you like having your hair, the color you're retouching it, then cool. But it, I feel like I see it becoming like a, like a, something that they're bound to almost like, yeah. like having like acrylic nails. Like if you don't want them, then you don't need them. Oh my like, gosh, but totally. then there's so many other services that hairdressers could offer, like blending highlights or like treatments to keep gray hair like softer or you know there's so many different things dude yeah get that a you could do oh yeah do a toner, a toner. Do a treatment and so it's not like you're you know even though there is money to be made off you know trying to make people feel younger there's oh, money yeah. to be made everywhere <laughs> well and there's money so to be right. made to be like helping enhance not yeah, like yes. completely mold into something not different like yeah unless that's the goal Like, because then there's also people who sit down in my chair who their goal is to change their look. And a lot of times this has more to do with like gender than ethnicity, Mm. but they're looking to change their look because it helps them self-identify with like, you know, their gender. Um, And obviously I'm not trying to speak for like all the LGBTQA plus folks out in the world, but like there is like a connection to like how you show up physically in the world um, and how you would like to present yourself. And it reminds me a lot of this client that I had, Sid, who I'd love to pieces. And um, the first time Sid came in to get a haircut, she was recommended to me by a different hairdresser who had taken a position with a different company and, and was now like doing full-time education. And, but I had met Sid before because we worked in the same studio And so it was like a natural progression to come sit with me, but, um, they'd only seen my friend a couple of times and it was the greatest experience they'd had because Jess, who had been taking care of their hair was so cool and so relaxed and so like open to people and myself being as similar as possible. I started asking questions to sit about like what Sid wanted for their hair. and. Sid pulled out this picture of Brad Pitt. She's like, I want the man's haircut. And I was like, Mm. interesting. So if I put this haircut on you, it's no longer a men's haircut. You feel me? (laughs) you, You see what I'm saying? Like, unless that's how you identify, like, this is just a haircut. Just a haircut. What it really brought, yeah. what it really like brought down to was like the little fringes on the sides that so many like short pixies always have. Sid was like, "No, yes. I want a fade. I want a yeah. fade," and had gone to so many different people and asked for this men's haircut, and it was like breaking Sid's heart to like continuously have to ask for a men's haircut, knowing that she fully was like, "I'm a woman. Like I'm a lesbian. I'm a woman. I know who the hell I am." but like had to ask for this like switch up in a haircut. Mm-hmm. And like that really, I was like, never again, boo, this is just your haircut. This is Sid's haircut. 
from now on. You feel me? Like if we, whatever we do, and I did not leave any sort of fringes. It was like, yeah, <laughs> fine. Thank you kindly. But it was so great because it was one of those things where it was just a small shift um, in, in language and a small shift in like meeting my guests where they were and what, and, and recognizing what was going to make them feel confident, confident and beautiful. And like, that's what ended up making Sid super confident and super beautiful. And like when I yeah. stepped out from behind the chair, I was super happy because I knew exactly the stylist that I could send Sid to. And their first appointment, they called me and they were like, oh my gosh, we love you. You're the best. And so Abby and Sid are like, thank you so much for putting us together. <laughs> I just love that shit. That just made me super happy. But like, it is, it is really interesting how beauty trends and st- beauty standards, not even trends, beauty standards show up like in these weird ways that like make us question ourselves or make us have to like jump through these hoops in order to like express who we are. I think like as a, like as a hairdresser or a barber, that's why you have to ask those questions instead of just assuming, Oh, they probably don't want me to shave it. Like that picture of Brad Pitt. Like they probably don't want me to like go in and fade it. But your, your guest might not know what words to use to ask for that type of haircut. So, you know, that's why you have to, try to like explain back to them what you think they're asking you for, you know, to make sure you're not really on the same page. Totally. Awesome. Y'all, this has been such a good time. Taylor, thank you for your hot take. Yes. Producer extraordinaire, Taylor. (laughs) I'm honored to be the first guest. (laughs) Um, Marcy, obviously, you know, I love talking to you every week. It's like one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. This is just such a great conversation. Yeah, I'm excited for next week too. Um, So definitely make sure that you um, subscribe to the podcast and like, you know, like us on Instagram, you know, all that really awkward shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll write you a list. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Send us your questions and stories. Send us questions. You know what? Let's just go ahead and let Taylor say, give us a closeout. (laughs) Hey, Taylor. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to For All Hair Types. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review or even sending it to a friend. Follow us on Instagram at For All Hair Types Pod. Do you have a hair story you'd like to share? Send it on over to For All Hair Types Podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. You can even leave us a voicemail at forallhairtypes.com. See you next time. For All Hair Types is created by Mahogany Plouts and Marcy Miguel Richards, produced by Taylor Lane.